Hi, dreamers. This is Lucy, and welcome to another episode of the Self Made Expats with Lucy Jan, where I interview expats from all across the globe to share their inspiring and motivating stories. Today, I am here with Asel. Asel is originally from Kazakhstan, and she moved to Canada in 2012 as an international student. After studying accounting, she worked as a financial advisor for three years at CIBC and Scotia Bank. And in March 2021, she became a co-founder and CEO of a fintech startup called PaperStack. She and her co-founder joined Google Accelerator in September. And also joined TechStars in November, and PaperStack raised pre-seed around two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, this is a huge milestone. I am so curious about her journey. I'm so excited to learn more about her. Welcome to the show, Asal. So great to have you. Hi, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Happy, happy to join, and thank you for your time. Yeah, sure. Thank you for your time. So I do have a lot of questions. Uh, but so you moved to Canada, which is a foreign country, at a young age, and now you are a co-founder and CEO of a tech startup. I think like this is a huge achievement. Do you have any life motto that you live by? Perhaps that contributed to who you are today. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Uh, Canada is beautiful. Canada is awesome, and Canada has been so kind to me. So I really, I'm very thankful for Canada being so warm and accepting me the way who I am. So my life motto, I think, it's been changing and evolving. Uh, like I, I think when you're 18, you have different like motto or like, priorities or dreams. But now, I guess things have changed in my life a little bit. So right now I just live by motto that life is too short, life is too beautiful. Like there's so many good places around the world. There's so many good people. There's so many um, interesting experiences you you can go through. So and it's always too short. Like and I I, I don't know. We live only once. That's that's my that's mm-hmm. my motto. <laughs> wow, amazing. I guess like you're a very adventurous type of person. I I I want to believe so, but sometimes <laughs> sometimes I look at other people. I'm like, ah, I'm not that adventurous. I wish I was like that. I haven't been in even in Wonderland, so I'm not that adventurous. Me neither. <laughs> oh, okay. So see, so I still have a long way to go, but um, definitely yes. Uh, life is life is really beautiful. Yeah, but I mean, like from my perspective, you're very, very adventurous. I think you are living the life to the fullest, to my eye. So, <laughs> well, thanks for sharing. Um, so now let's talk about your journey from Kazakhstan to Canada. So, how did you move to Canada at a young age? And I'm curious, is it something that you were dreaming about since you were young, moving abroad and living abroad, or Canada? <laughs> I I cannot say Canada specifically, but I always wanted to live abroad. So I'm coming from a very small town in Kazakhstan. It's like the population there, the town that I lived was like less than a hundred thousand people. So it was really small. 
but I'm very thankful and I'm very proud of where I'm from. But I just always thought of like, I want to be in a bigger place. I want to, I want to, I knew that there was a life beyond that small town, beyond the country where I was living, beyond the continent. I knew there is something out there. I just didn't know how to, how to travel. So I've been always thinking of different ways. Like, like first of all, I was learning English. Secondly, I was trying different like exchange programs. I thought maybe I could qualify. So I failed many times. Like there was a program called Flex. Uh, I don't know, like foreign. I don't, when like high school students go somewhere uh, like to high school student in US or Canada, they study for a year, they come back. I didn't. I didn't pass that exam. I didn't get accepted. So I tried many times, <laughs> but finally. I, I I got to Canada at the age of 18 as an international student. So I graduated from high school in Canada, in Kazakhstan and I came here to Canada. So that was my journey. Wow. Like, did you make a decision by yourself when you decided to move to Canada? Or was there any, I don't know, like your family, was there any suggestion from your family or was it just solely your decision? I think my family supported and always, uh, it's not that my, my parents wanted to get rid of me. <laughs> they were like, we need you to send really far from Kazakhstan so we don't see you. It was more about like, if you want to go out, we'll support you. If, um, if, if it is something you want to pursue, we'll support you. If you don't want to do it, we will not pressure you. So they always gave me a choice. And even when I arrived to Canada, they said, if there is a point during the school you think you cannot handle or it's too much for you, please feel free to come back to Kazakhstan. We will not, it's not going to be a shame. It's not going to be, you know, something that we will pull against you. It was always a welcome environment in my, in my family, so which I really, really appreciated. And that allowed me to feel free to think different ideas, to come up with different ideas where I could potentially go. Like, I'll give you an example. When I was in high school, I was thinking maybe I should go to Singapore, maybe I should go no. to Germany, or maybe I should go to Canada. Like my ideas were crazy, and my parents didn't limit me at that time, so which I very very thankful for. So when I came to Canada, I didn't feel the pressure to succeed, or like from outside. It was only internal pressure for myself, and yeah. I honestly, I honestly thought I'm coming to Canada for a couple of years and then I'm going to move somewhere else. So that was like my thing in the beginning, but it turned out a little bit different, which I'm thankful. And so far it, it worked out. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Then uh, let's talk about Canada a little bit more. Um, what was your first impression? Because you were 18 years old, really young and, uh, you know, how did you adapt to a new culture, a new country, and a new environment, like new people, new friends? <laughs> like, could you share with us, like, any culture differences you experienced or anything like that? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting uh, for me. So I'll tell you. So when I came to Canada, I went to ESL courses. I took ESL courses, and. Um, because I, I wanted to, to improve my English before I go and study in college, right? So 
I asked for a family that had many international students. So I thought mm -hmm. if I will be living in the host family where there are a lot of international students, my English will improve and then it's going to be fun experience. And another thing that I asked, it was like really good internet, a really good Wi-Fi, you know, that's, that's two things that I cared about. For sure. Friends and Wi-Fi, that's it. And then yeah. I'm coming to, to the host family and they were really nice. They were very nice, nice people, very kind people. But somehow school either missed my request or the preferences, they didn't see it. I'm coming to a family where there was no Wi-Fi, literally no Wi-Fi in the house. Wow. And there was no student. There was one no man, student? no student. And there was one man who greeted me, really nice man, like really nice. He was very kind, but he was just by himself. And I got so scared. I was like, what the yeah. hell is coming up? I'm in the new country. There's a huge house and there is a one uh, a male, right? Essentially a man who is like much yes. older than me. So I got a little bit scared, but I didn't want to scare my parents at that time. So my parents told me, when you arrive to Canada, just message us that everything is okay. Yeah. This guy has no Wi-Fi and they were not very like tech savvy, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, I got worried. And then what I did is I called school. I said, you guys need to get me out because that's not what I signed up for. And that's not what we paid. And we paid a lot of money for his families. If, if, yeah. the, if you know the price range, it was really expensive, right? And the school got paid to for us to select yeah, yeah. To, to to arrange mm -hmm. right so and i was like this is not what I, and i and i felt scared but then i asked him to and and he got scared too with my reaction right he sees in my yeah. eyes that i there's something is wrong <laughs> and like i need the wi-fi and this guy doesn't know he's like we don't have a wi-fi but he's like you can use our computer and the computer was like I don't know, from 99, it took me 10 minutes to like turn it on, right? And everything. So I'm going to the computer and then I'm logging in to something called like a VK. It was like a Russian for like VK. It was like almost like a Facebook, but like for Russian speaking countries. So I'm logging into VK and I'm finding one person who was online at that time. <laughs> and she was from my city. Right, like we were originally shared the same background, and back home it was already like one a.m. or two a.m. And I was like, "Can you tell my parents that everything is okay? Like I'm, wow. I'm there. Like I arrived safely." And then I didn't know that at that time he was in the U.S. That was the reason why he was online, because like, it was like four oh. p.m. Eastern time, but back home it was like two a.m. I was like, "What are you doing so late?" You know, he was, he was like. It's not late here. We are in the same time zone. But he was so kind. He called from his number to my parents just to, even even though he was in the U.S., to to pass the message that everything was okay with me. So that that was the first journey. The family was so nice, so kind. They called Rogers next day to set up this whole <laughs> Wi-Fi for me, and they tried their best to to facilitate all all I wanted, all I needed. And yeah, so that was that was the first experience. And then I think his wife came in. She had like a late shift. She she came uh, she came in. She was a very nice lady. She talked to me. 
uh, I was apparently their first student that they that they welcomed. Mm. So um, yeah, so they shared these things with me, and then from there, things kind of like roll in, I guess. Like I met other students, I met other international students, I met other students from Kazakhstan. I started mm. like meeting. Canadians who were born and raised here so I started learning about their culture like the new culture mm. for me so and I and I made a lot of friends so which I'm very grateful wow so did you end up staying there for a long time or did you move to somewhere else <laughs> so because I called that school director or so like whoever was responsible for setting up the whole <laughs> family and my English was not good at that time right she just knows I'm frustrated she says, okay, come on Monday to my office, we'll chat. And then I'm chatting with her. And then she she told me that she can she can find the family um, that has like more students and everything. So in a couple of months, I moved to a family that had like six international students. Six, oh wow. <laughs> so they went to extreme yeah. level <laughs> uh, and they had a Wi-Fi. Oh, okay. But they That's were good. turning down Wi-Fi at t- 10 p.m. So that was another thing. <laughs> I Yeah, I kind of can resonate with your story because I, well, I moved to Toronto in 2018. But the first time uh, when I came to Canada for ESL program, mm-hmm. uh, it was like 2006 in Vancouver. And mm. I, you know... I studied English in Vancouver for about three months or so. And I know like it's so expensive, like, you know, as you said earlier, the uh, the homestay, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, uh, the expectation that we have, like before we move to a new country, because Vancouver at the time was literally my first ever experience living abroad. So I had a huge expectation and uh, I had a, yeah, similar, not not the same, but like I, I, I totally resonate with your story. Yeah, it <laughs> so was... it was really fun. Yeah. And for them, like, I totally understand the host family, right? It was a shock for them as well, right? So we had to yeah. work together and come up with, like, it wasn't, like, it is Carlton, right? Like a five-star hotel or so, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the same time, we had to meet in the middle ground. Like, certain things were, like, essential for me. Like, I needed a Wi-Fi, for example. So, like, mm-hmm. these things helped out. But honestly, I think if people are willing to work together, they'll, they'll solve it. Like, this family was happy to solve it so uh, yeah and i'm very grateful yeah they called to rogers right away so that helped <laughs> yes <laughs> so okay so you studied english like you you know esl program and uh and then you studied at seneca college and uh, studied accounting uh were you always a number driven person or how did you you know decide studying um, and decided to study accounting. I always liked numbers. I'm gonna be honest with you. I always liked numbers. I like playing with numbers. But I'm gonna lie to you if I say like accounting was my like, dream job and dream program. It wasn't like that. It was more like a practical choice that we made with my family. So it was more about like which program will give you a higher chance of having a job, essentially. So that was the thinking, right? So, and accounting worked the best because, you know, accounting can give you a lot of jobs. Like you can be a clerk, you can be accounting assistant, taxes, fine. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of things you can do when you graduate with accounting. So that was it. 
And then also somebody advised me, like, if you want to have a business in the future, accounting will help you out. Because if you look at, if you can read the statements, you can see what's happening in the business. So that's the advice that I received at that time. And I followed it. I was like, okay, there is no, like, a real, like, harsh or, like, I'll, I'll get anything. It would, it would be always valuable, right? Versus I'm thinking about investing in company, running a company or working for a company. There's going to be kind of like a need for accounting. So that was, that was the logic behind. Yeah. And yeah, I, you know, I agree because now I know, you know, as a solopreneur that like how important it is to know my number, especially like, you know, reading balance sheet and income statement. I kind of underestimated it, <laughs> but now I know that, wow, like having a bit of knowledge in accounting can be really helpful, you know, to run a business you know, or in our daily life as well. So I agree. Um, so then, uh, you know, you studied accounting and then you were working as a financial advisor. Uh, how was it? Did you, did you like the job? What did you like? What did you like about the job? <laughs> I really, I really, it had a lot of ups and downs. So first of all, I always wanted to work in Canadian bank. I thought it was so cool. Like I would walk by yeah. financial district. I would be like, oh my God, I want to be in one of those buildings. That's it. Like, I know. So cool. I know. <laughs> I was like, I don't care, but I want to be there. I need to be there. So um, when I got this job, I was all over the moon. And then I was thinking about like how, how cool it is to work in a big bank. And also um, it will help me with my immigration, right? Because I, I mm, needed the, yeah. got my work permit and everything. So I was like, that would be so cool. And it was a lot of learning. It was a lot of, um, it helped me improve a lot. It helped me, like my communication skills. I think of overall my financial literacy, like I've learned so much about finances myself, right? I've met so many cool people uh, mm-hmm. throughout my banking career. I had different bosses. I had different colleagues. I met diff- people from different departments in the bank that would come, right? And I had I met different clients, you know, who worked in the different mm-hmm. jobs and then I would talk to them, learn about their journeys. And that's it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of cool things. So you were saying that you were, you know, you were thinking that, you know, working at a, you know, big Canadian bank will be so cool. I want to work in the office building. I totally understand what you mean by like in Toronto, the financial district is so cool. That tall building is so fancy. <laughs> just imagining ourselves like coming from another like foreign country, just working in this big building. It just like makes us feel like so like successful in some way. Yes. So yeah. So, so I'm curious that I guess like what was your kind of like original plan if you had like career path that you had planned were you thinking of yourself maybe like climb the corporate ladder in in Canadian bank or being an entrepreneur was kind of like always kind of a part of your career journey that you imagine yourself so my when I was a kid or when I was a teenager I would always be like fascinated by like stories of entrepreneurs right so I I was like I want to be like that's so cool but I didn't have a clear path like there was no school for entrepreneurship right at that time there was no like a playbook you know 
for example, there is a, a path for you to become a doctor. You know, there is a, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, what you have to study and what you, ha- what you have to know. Like, there is a path to be a lawyer, for example. With, with entrepreneurship, I couldn't figure it out. Like, what exactly do I have to know? Because everyone seems to know different things. And I don't know which one to pick. And my parents are not entrepreneurs, right? So it's not something that I, I was in the environment of entrepreneurship. So I was fascinated, but I didn't have a clear path. So I kind of like parked it in my like back of my head. And then when I, st- when I was graduating from accounting and was looking for a job in the bank, I was like, this is it. This is my calling. I want to be in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> right? So... Because uh, I, I love finances, actually. I love finances. Mm-hmm. I love like all this. When it comes to like finances and accounting, I enjoyed it a lot. So when I started in the bank, I was like, "Holy guacamole!" You know, this is where I want to spend my career, and this is where I want to like grow, right? And it was like very ambitious. Um, and I started like, you know, talking to people and like thinking about how I can get promoted trying to overachieve and yes yeah, so i think like i started going and see like different departments what they do and try to understand like what do i need mm-hmm. what requirements do i need or things i need to learn to, to switch to move up and mm-hmm. at that time i started exploring different paths so for example i saw that there is also a tech department in the banking mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. in Scotia, there's something called like a Scotia Digital Factory. And Digital Factory mm-hmm. was like really close to um, to the branch that I used to work, right? And I used to run out there. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, It's like, mm-hmm. it reminds you of Google Office, right? So oh, I was like, yeah. what are they doing, you know? And I started getting fascinated by what they do. So I was learning a lot. Like, I was just asking a bunch of questions, people like, what is your job responsibility? Like, where, which program did you study? <laughs> you were interviewing that. That's clear. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I discovered so many roles that I didn't know before. Because before I would know accountant, finance, auditor, tax person, designer, like all this. Mm-hmm. But then when I started like meeting different people, I realized there are like so many different things that people do. Wow. Okay, so you so you were working at Scotia Bank, and then you became to be more interested in different different career path, mm-hmm. and then and then what, what what happened? How did you you know become a co-founder at a fintech startup? You know, paper stack, and uh, yeah, how did it all happen? So. What happened is like, so I worked in a year for Scotia, right? So I was like, what do I do? And I didn't have my PR do- documents yet, right? So mm-hmm. I was kind of like, I wasn't ready at that time to make a jump, let me put it this way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I was hungry. I felt like I could already learn a lot what I, what, what I like. In the one year, I've learned so much that I've already outgrew myself in that role. So I needed to move move up, essentially, or move to a different role. And then CIBC came to me at that time. It was another Canadian mm-hmm. bank, mm-hmm. one of the five banks, right? They told me, this is a similar role, but it has more responsibilities, where now you will be managing a portfolio of clients, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. you'll be responsible for end-to-end, 
um, like set of portfolio, and I was so excited about it. So I jumped to I took I happily took that role in a different bank and met different people at at CIBC, and I'm very grateful for that experience as well. So after two years, it's like I worked for CIBC like for two years, and then I founded the paper stack. Wow, wow, that's a uh, well. I really admire what you did because it's not very, you know, like a lot of people want to be an entrepreneur. A lot of people want to, you know, start something, but you know, we don't really have a gut per se to take a huge leap because you know, obviously, working in a corporate and getting a stable income. You know, it's not something that we can just like give up easily. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to give up. You don't have、mm. to give up. That's the thing, right? A lot of people they think that they have to go,、uh, like I, I don't know, like say that they're leaving the job and then completely start a new path. Don't have to do it. You you can do it small. I'll give you an example. Let's say if you work in the like I don't know, like a financial analyst or. At the bank or Deloitte or any corporation or right, but you want to make that change. Start small, you know. Think about it. Maybe you can do a consulting on the side. Maybe you can start doing a marketing or social media on the side. Right. It doesn't have to be a full time entrepreneurship right away. You start small. You have a couple of jobs. It's gonna be challenging. Sometimes weekends you'll have to work a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But it will help you so much. It will at least give you a taste, and then it will show you whether you want to do it more or you want to do it less. True, true. That's a great advice. Yeah, I mean, honestly, a lot of people think, "Oh, it's either this or that." But actually,、yeah. you're absolutely right. If we are hungry, if you, if we actually are ready to put in the work, we can actually do both.、Um, I saw that like you founded Maple Maker. In 2019, if I'm not mistaken, could you tell me more about、uh, this community? I find it really cool. Yeah, so, so it was it was while I was working at CIBC, right? So at that time, I was like, okay, I'm interested in tech actually, but I don't have any、mm-hmm. tech background. So that's the challenge, right? I yes, like tech,、yes. but I don't have a technology、yes. background. So I go to internet, and then I'm like, okay, how to become I don't know, front end developer. How to become a UX UI <laughs> engineer? All those like courses I Google. I I go through a lot of medium articles and everything to to read how to break in into tech. Essential. I was looking for different roles, and then I took bunch of courses. I upgraded my tech skills. I I actually even created a portfolio. Uh, my portfolio, and then the next advice that you will hear on this blog saying, like, now you have a portfolio, you have all the certification, you have to go on networking events. You go to networking <laughs> events, you meet a lot of people, and then you'll get a job, right? And then I'm going to all these networking events, and I'm like, it's not working for me. You know, how do they know that I know? <laughs> that was the question that I had. Like, I come to you at the networking event. And I can tell you, like, you know, I know this, but how do you actually know without testing me? That's the question that was、mm. always breaking in my head. True. And、mm. just because I don't have experience in tech doesn't mean I cannot do the job, right? 
that. So mm-hmm. nobody cared about the resumes. Um, and then after going to several of events, I was like, my friend told me, you need to go to Hackathon. If you go to Hackathon, oh, right? Wow, okay, yeah. If you go to Hackathon, you'll meet a bunch of cool people and you can see if you're actually capable or not and if you actually enjoy it or not. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'll go mm-hmm. to Hackathon. I can do it. I'm curious. <laughs> and then there were a bunch of student Hackathons actually there. And then I'm going to, through this Hackathons and they're mostly with were engineering hackathons like with developers mm. but i'm like where is the where is the hackathon that will kind of bridge the tech and the business side what is the impact mm. on the business side right? so i couldn't find it i'm sure there is right now a lot of them but at that time i could not find it so i was like i'm gonna create my own hackathon wow so, so, wow. <laughs> so uh, this is while I'm working at the at CIBC, right? So I'm working wow. at CIBC and I'm like, I'm sharing this idea with my friend who I met at one of those networking events. If Abraham, if you are listening to this uh, podcast, I'm saying hi to you and I'm saying thank you so much to you that you supported and helped me out. So... Um, so I'm sharing this idea with Abraham and Abraham has an engineering background. Mm-hmm. I was like, how do you like, how do you show this? And he was like, absolutely. Like he had engineering background, but, and he had interest in, um, in business. So he was thinking mm-hmm. about launching his like, and now, by the way, he's going to launch soon his business. Um, he's doing really cool stuff. So, wow. um, yeah, so we were thinking about, it and he was like, let's do it together. So we created our own challenging questions and things, and then we rented out in my building. There was like a party rooms. <gasps> Do you know party yeah. rooms? Like in the in party, the, in I the, know in the, in the condominium. There's yes. a no. I know. I know party room. Yeah, it's like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, we're gonna rent it out, and then we're just gonna sell tickets. We're gonna invite people, and we're gonna challenge them on these questions. So that's what happened. It worked. We even got, uh, yeah, it was so cool, actually. A lot of people enjoyed it. So that's how it all started. People liked it a lot. We got a lot of positive feedback. People paid for that. I was surprised. Wow. But it was it was pretty cool, yeah. So, if Abraham, if you're listening to this show, I want to just say <laughs> thank you. Cause I think it, it helped me so much doing it with somebody else. Because yeah. we were doing yeah. it together so it was it was really helpful like i'm so thankful for him actually supporting me in the very beginning shout out to abraham right yes, <laughs> right? yes definitely. so w- what are some challenging questions i'm curious now oh my god we came up with like crazy <laughs> questions uh we came up with like different math questions physics questions questions from accounting questions from like we mixed it wow. up uh we came up with questions from like even law like we did a bunch of things we didn't want to do just like heavily tech related things we we wanted to mix it so it was pretty cool actually um some people enjoyed uh, i don't know more technical questions analytical questions some people enjoyed more um uh, like other type of questions so it 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 brought people together so idea was this the idea was this that people would be solving these questions 
problems, challenges, and teams. And then mm -hmm. we'll mix up teams. In one team, we'll have somebody who has engineering background. We'll have somebody who has finance background. So it will be a very diverse team. So when you'll have a problem to solve, you can tackle this problem from different angles. You know, somebody wow. who has like analytical background who can tackle this. And then when you start solving problems from different angles, it will bring very interesting solutions. So that was the whole point. And then we made, uh, we made it competitive. So teams were uh, competing against each other. Mm, so wow. that's how you're, you're meeting these people for the first time, but because you, they are <laughs> in the team, you kind of feel like they're best friends because you're competing against others. And then yeah. what we that's have, true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right? So out of a sudden, yeah. you're like, yeah, you're the yeah, best. Yeah, you're, like, you're the best. <laughs> so what we had is that we had that the winning team, the team mm. that won, had to select a best player within their team. And then the best oh, player wow. got a gift card. So that was cool. Wow. Wow, that's really cool. Wow. I find it really cool. Wow. Okay. Super interesting. Yeah. So did you just one more question about the uh, Maple Maker. So did you start this community while thinking you wanna, you know, have your own tech company one day or you were I was fascinated. Yeah, I was fascinated. So at that time Maple Maker was called T Club Toronto. So mm -hmm. I, I wanted to grow T-Club Toronto. I got so into T-Club Toronto. I was like, I want to grow T-Club Toronto. I didn't think mm -hmm. about like other tech companies at that time. I was fascinated by tech companies, like uh, people who work in the industry and other people that I met through T-Club. But I think that was like my first introduction essentially to that. Mm -hmm. But I was, mm -hmm. I was ambitious, but I was ambitious not from the terms that like I'll make millions of dollars it was more about mm. how large we can grow how much we can scale essentially mm -hmm. wow amazing so okay so you found uh, you found paper stack in march 2021 with your co-founder and uh and then you joined google accelerator and Techstars like within a year time frame right within a time year time period i think this is uh amazing <laughs> could you share with us like how you joined uh joined them and share some behind stories and you know how was your experience with google accelerator and Techstars? sure absolutely so it's incredible it's amazing i want to give a shout out to a google accelerator team you guys are amazing ashley jason iran our mentors, uh, uh, so we had Nazi, we had Chelsea, we had Iran, Jason, Ashley. So they were all great. Uh, they were supporting us a lot, actually. I did not expect to get accepted either to, 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 to Google or Techstars. So I'll give you more about the Google and then the Techstars. I'll give you the chronological part. Yeah, sure. Um, right now, we also have an amazing time at Techstars. We have... Monica, who is our managing director, and Ramsey, who is our venture principal, they gave us like 200% of support, honestly. Like they're mm -hmm. like amazing, amazing. If somebody is even thinking or on the edge right now about applying to Techstars or Google Accelerator, I want to say like do it now. Like 
you will not definitely regret. Um, so the story was that um, I applied, but I was kind of like thinking that they will not accept me. So I heard a lot of stories that you have to like, sometimes people have to apply like two or three times before they get accepted. So mm-hmm. I was like, we're going to start early. So the mm-hmm. next year we can apply again and they will see us. Kind of like, so mm-hmm. that was that was my logic behind. And about the Google Art. Accelerator. <laughs> yes. And then they accepted. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's awesome. Um, so it was about the Google Accelerator. I found out from another um, entrepreneur. Uh, she, uh, she, she's a female entrepreneur. Uh, Julie from Hello right now. If it's before it was Loom, I know the company called. So I followed, like uh, I, I've been connected to her on the LinkedIn, and she would share. She's like one step, one or two steps ahead of me. So she would share mm-hmm. things that work for her essentially. So she would share with me, and then she shared the accelerators that she attended. She went through and what kind of support she got, and she spoke like highly about google accelerator right so and i think there was an announcement about the google accelerator and she tagged me in one of their posts said mm. like a cell has a hustle something like that she tagged me and then she was like you should apply like apply now apply this week i was like oh my god okay <laughs> i think i should apply sap so that was, that's how it happened with the with the google accelerator about the Techstars, I knew about Techstars before, and I also heard about the the, the very, like, um, the acceptance rate that it was very low, like it was like 3% or less than 3% get accepted. Wow. So, so I, I, I didn't expect at all to be, to be accepted from, from the first, from the first time. So we applied there in the summer. And we had like three rounds of interview. And when they announced that they actually accepted us, we were like all over the moon. And yes, uh, Monica, managing director, called us. And we couldn't believe it it was happening. It changed our lives so much. It impacted our business like so much. And we're so grateful. How I'm curious, how when you were applying for Google Accelerator, you were saying that, you know, yeah, like, you know, I heard this is going to take a couple of times to get accepted. So we are going to start early. So I'm curious how ready your products were at the time. Like, so in, so what our product looked at the, in the beginning in March and how it works now, it's totally different. Like, we, we, we iterated a lot, right? Uh, we've been always listening to our customer feedback, saying what works, what didn't, and we will always cut unnecessary things. So, mm. but I think it was also thank you for, like Google has been helping us a lot in that sense. They were really accelerating our growth and yeah. Techstars also has been pushing us, impacting us a lot in a very positive way. So. It's never a perfect time. I'm going to be, I want to tell you, it's, there's no like a, mm-hmm. a specific milestone or so. Like you definitely need to show some traction, like what you've mm-hmm. achieved with your startup. But in our case, we had, we had, um, we had customers, we had revenue. 
So mm-hmm. uh, that was that was our part, yes. But a lot a lot of things have changed. Wow, wow, amazing! So a couple more questions. Uh, so you are now a co-founder and CEO. Um, do you have any sort of like challenges, like day-to-day challenges, um, and how do you overcome them to really keep going? You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> challenges uh, all the time uh, but now I'll be honest with you like Techstars made it so much easier Google made it so much easier now like before it was harder for me in the very beginning uh, like I'm an immigrant I speak English as a third language I don't have a tech computer science background I don't have a tech background I've never worked in the startup I don't, I haven't worked in the big tech companies like Google, LinkedIn, Facebook, all, like all these companies, right? So of course it was challenging. Uh, and of course it was challenging to convince investors to invest in you when you, when you have so many, how they see it, shortcomings. Um, only I think less than 5%, if, if not 3% of venture funding goes to women. So, mm, wow. um, right? so it's that. very challenging to raise capital as a woman. If you add to that immigrant, if you add to that my accent, yeah. if you add to that my background, like for it sure, it I know, yeah, it, it doesn't make it easier, right? Yeah, but again, true. it's not impossible. It's it's not it's mm-hmm. not impossible. It's possible, you know. Um, there's so many people who support it, who pushed me to overcome through so, so so many challenges. I have an amazing co-founder. I have an amazing community. My family is supporting. Uh, is supporting uh, is supporting me, uh, mentors, advisors, just everyone. So I think the challenges are not that scary if you have uh, support from people. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think like um, you know having support from people is really really important and really really helpful, and uh, it's something that we 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 want to we want to feel grateful for, right? So. I'm great. I, I'm. Uh, I'm glad that you said that. Um, just curious, like, do you like? So, what's your? What do you think your secrets? To, I don't know if it's like if it should be called secrets, but secrets to get like, you know, join Google Accelerator or Techstars or you know, just like, you know, as you said, you don't have a tech background, you don't have you know, startup experience, but you were able to make it uh, today. So. Was it your hustle mindset, or what? What? What do you? What do you? What do you think? I I knew first of all I'm very grateful for the challenges that I'm having now, right? Like me thinking about applying to Google Accelerator and going through Accelerate, just to have an opportunity to even do these things is like I know somebody. Uh, even in the same country or in the different part of the world right now has to fight for food or for clean water. Like that's the challenges mm-hmm. for another person. So I think it's a privilege. Uh, and, and, and I completely, I understand that and I'm fully aware. So I always look at these challenges as like, it's, it's definitely a cool challenge to have. It's a cool challenge to go through Techstars. It's mm-hmm. a cool challenge to go through, through, through Google Accelerator where somebody else, you know, going through something really different. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, there is no secret. I am not genius. I am not definitely <laughs> uh, somebody who has some secret code or so. There is a definitely part of luck, 
I have to be honest with you. Luck always has been with me, and I'm very grateful. Uh, sometimes you meet certain person that will, you know, open up certain things, you know, like share uh, her or his or their experience, right? So, for I, I was very lucky with my mentors, with people mm-hmm. that I've met. So, and I was always optimistic. I, I know there is, you know, today, if today was a bad day, tomorrow would be a good day, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's it, like, essentially, like, I, I don't want to make a big deal, like, of course, if not everything works out at the startup, like, yes, I applied to Techstars, I applied to Google, it worked out, but I also done like thousand different things that didn't work out. <laughs> I sent out hundreds of emails that I didn't get a response. I met with hundreds of potential people that turned me down, right? So there, there are a lot of like challenges that I faced, but I know the small wins that you know, today you'll have somebody, a response from somebody or somebody willing to help you out. They always, always push you and make you be aware of that. You know, mm. it's not the end of the world. <laughs> no, I'm very inspired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this podcast will be like, oh my gosh, this is so inspirational. <laughs> okay, so two last questions. Um, so do you have any words for other immigrants or international students uh, or foreigners who are in Canada or who are planning to move to Canada or other countries? Yes, of course. I, I want to say, like, don't be scared. Don't underestimate yourself. Be open-minded. Um, be open to meet different people, hear different opinions, hear different feedback. Sometimes you never know what where life will, will, will bring you. And don't be scared. Like, you don't have to crush everything at once. S- starting small, doing small steps, sometimes is way more effective and will bring you way more results than trying to do something big and huge right away. So I think that's the advice that I'll give. And don't be discouraged. Uh, if something doesn't work out from once, don't be discouraged. I'll give you my example. Like I wanted to work at Starbucks. I couldn't get a job as a Starbucks barista, <laughs> right? But I didn't, I didn't give up on myself, right? I couldn't get a job at the restaurant. I couldn't get a job at the bar. I, there's so many jobs I couldn't get, right? But mm-hmm. I didn't stop every like the next day I'll show up and print my resumes and give it to somebody else. And one day somebody said yes to me. So it worked. Mm. So. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. So, okay. One last question. Um, I ask this question to every guest uh, on the podcast. So what is your favorite book that you would like to recommend to our listeners? Um, or, you know, people who want to start their own tech companies or in general, if you have any favorite book you want to share? There's so many books I want to share, but I think the one that really helped me out, like that first book that comes to my mind from like very practical book that I've learned, like I took a lot, um, The Art of Start. It's called mm-hmm. by uh, Guy Kawasaki. Uh, take a look okay. at him. Um, it's a really good book, very well written. It's easy to understand. If you if English is not your first language, don't be scared. You can still read it in English. It's very easy to digest, but very, 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 like it will help you a lot. I think right now he he he's well known to be one of the first employees at Apple. 
very accomplished person, very smart. Um, just recommend to everyone to read this book. It's called The Art of Start. Art of Start. I haven't read it, so I will definitely check it out. It sounds interesting. <laughs> okay, so that's all the questions that I prepared for today's interview. I mean, wow, this is like uh, so great. Is there anything that you want to say before we wrap up? I just want to say, don't be scared to send that message. Don't be scared to send that email. Try it out. Just if if you're looking for a sign and there's something that's holding you back, uh, but just just don't be scared. That's it. Wow! Don't be scared, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you so much, Asel, for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was it was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us this week. Hope you learned something new from this episode, and now you are motivated and fired up to make your dream come true. Make sure to share with others who might need to listen to this podcast because this is something they needed to listen to to be inspired. We never know. Lastly, be sure to subscribe and follow Self Made Express with Lucy John on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or wherever you listen to podcasts, and I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for being here.